All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you here with heel producer Jim Cunningham and my gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Darren the Parlay Kid, and Harry. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Jam, jam, jam packed show today, guys. We have, we're going to go over, well, we'll talk a little about the scheduling. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We have NHL first round odds. You guys are going to give your best bets. We have Preakness winners to throw at you. And Mark Schlereth, the great Mark Schlereth. Yes. Three time All Pro. Three time All Pro. Three time Super Bowl champ and an All Pro lineman. Wow. Three Super Bowls. That's pretty good, Harry. I know you got pretty in good. on one play. In football, right? In high school. But this guy's got three rings and he's happy to throw it at you. He'll throw the middle finger up on Twitter with the ring on. He'll, he'll show people, tells them what it is. Uh, he'll be on later. You guys give free picks on extrapoints.com every day. Polly Kid, another winner today. I went with you. I jumped on. Good job by you, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, ball over six and a half assists at plus 120. Uh, I have now on a, a six a day winning streak. Three wow. of those with a. Pl- Three of those with the plus sign in front of it, Sal. So uh, a plus 172, a plus 162, and today a plus 120. And uh was pretty hot right before that, too. So the last month, I think between the three of us, as we've been well documented that we're doing well. Since Harry has relocated to the East Coast, I don't think he's hit <laughs> one bet, however. Is that if right? you guys could tell, he looks exhausted. Exhausted. Right he now. does. Really he looks ex- no, He on. cannot handle the East Coast. Yeah, it's come too on, rough Harry. Is that it? He cannot oh, do it. I am right. I am like a little too in golf today and then a then a, a nine o'clock Pacific time, or excuse me, nine o'clock Eastern time start. Kind of rough for me. For podcast. Yeah. Well, Harry, yeah. plus dude, you threw him for a loop there, Parley Kid. You like I got plus this, plus that. Harry's like, what's a pl- what's a plus? I don't get it. <laughs> hey, listen. After losing yesterday, it's a first back to back losing day in three weeks for me. So there you go. All right, Bri, you're staying alive though, right? Uh I had guys- the last I well, I had some good picks on the pod the other day and I had hit my last two, but I lost today. I, you guys I had- uh you were, yeah, you were two and one with your sharp tank picks. We're going to get to that uh, later. We'll get to Schlereth later. That's going to be fun. Hey, our race to 10 was fun. We did it Tuesday night. Every Tuesday, race to 10 Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we'll have one of the two play-in games, I think, to choose from. Parley Kid, you're up. You're going you're gonna to decide for us which one we're going. But that was good. We had the Lakers over the Knicks. They were down 6-3. Oh, yeah. What they win? 12-6? 11-6. 11-6. Yeah, they scored the last eight. And that, that was fun. It's fun. It's weird when you get yeah, to six. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably and you get and your team's taking a three. You're like, ah, we don't need it. We don't need it, right? <laughs> we need two baskets unless yeah. we're gonna get a free throw somewhere in there. But it's uh, it's, it plays all kinds of games true. with you, right? Right there. But we'll, it was we'll weird though. I feel like that that took like a, I don't know why. It's oh. like I had I had a lot of money on it, but I felt like that took a year off my life more so than any of our other. <laughs> Brian, how, how how many missed shots and turnovers in that in that uh took like more than the well, half, first half it, first it, quarter. Half AD, of it to get done. You yeah, know, AD missing wide open layups. Yeah, it was nerve wracking. We hit a commercial, right? You don't. You're probably right. probably not going to hit too many commercials there, right? It'll yeah. probably be within this first four yeah. actual minutes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna have to. Uh, so unless unless we could, um, we're gonna be uh, out with Harry and his boss Ken on Tuesday night. Oh, that's the so night. We're probably looking at doing this seven o'clock game on Tuesday. Unless you want us all to be together, maybe uh, we could do it from the location. dinner. 
Yeah, I mean see. that would be that could be fantastic, actually. Well, um, here's the problem we might get, with this: we'll probably get kicked out of the. We're going to be going nuts. I'd way. like let's it. Let, let's let if, your sister Bevan pick the game instead, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, you gave us a loser, so you can't say anything. Uh, I will say this: it, it, what's annoying, Screw and again, this, this comes back to Harry. It, we're not on a delay, so if you're in a hotel or if you're in a restaurant, you can't pause it where we could all catch up. You know, it's nice to sync up. Harry, for some reason, is now both weeks. We've not been able to figure out how he could not be three <laughs> seconds ahead of us. And he doesn't have the best poker face in the world or any face, really. Let's face it. No. But anyway, we're going to get that. We'll straighten that out Tuesday. NFL FanDuel. Now, we're going to talk to Mark Schlereth about this because he started these rumors. And it'd be funny if it was a practical joke, but he was the first one that broke it that Aaron Rodgers was going to Denver. And this was a couple of days before the draft. And then there was no trade made. And now the story is that it's going to go down after June 1st because that's when the Packers would save money, upwards of $20 million. Um, but FanDuel actually has odds up. So for all the people screaming about Rodgers going to Denver, you could make a pretty penny now. Green Bay, minus 170 to have Rodgers as their starting quarterback in September. Denver, plus 220. Raiders, 6-1. to one. Browns, 12-1. to one. 49ers, how is this going to happen? 20 to one and the saints 20 to one. That's kind of, that's craziness. I'm going with green Bay. I've stuck with this. I don't know the financially, this doesn't make sense, but I'm sticking with the idea that they're going to make him be the bad guy. If he really wants to sit, they're going to make the town hate him. There's obviously some weirdness going on there. So they're like, all right, we're not going to trade you. We can't use those draft picks anyway this year. We'll trade the, for the draft picks next year. Either that or they actually end up signing him. There are rumors going around that he wants it in his contract that he's the starter. I've never heard that before. What, what happens? <laughs> sure, when you're coming off a Super Bowl year, that's great. But three years from now, when you're chucking it into the turf like Tim Tebow, I don't know how you could say, yeah, pull out the contract. But like, ah, see, you got to put me in. Sorry, I'm throwing for 28%. But... Uh, Bri, you agree with me. Green Bay minus 170 is the pick. Yeah, I think Rodgers plays. I think he plays one more year there. I think he's going to have to sit out, right, to to not play. It mm -hmm. seems like I, I just get that sense. But it's more likely they'll give him some type of new contract. Maybe they'll get a lot more money for one year or whatever, whatever they'll do. But I felt I just felt like if the Packers were going to trade him, I just feel like it had to be before the draft because to get the maximum value, I feel like. Now, probably the next time you'll, I mean, obviously they'll get a ton whenever they trade him, but I feel like even after this year, even if he's 38 years old, they're still going to get, right. They're still going to get at least two first round picks. So I think, uh, you know, I think they do what they can to get Rogers back for one more year and then they could turn it over to love at that point. Um, but I, I think it's just probably too drastic for the organization just to make this change right now. Parley Kid, I heard on Minus 3, Dave Damashek's show, I heard two good, uh, Matt Money Smith, who's the voice of the Chargers radio, he said, hey, this is not the NBA, man. You sit, they forget about you. Look at Le'Veon Bell. That's it. You know, MVP or not, that could be, uh, that is one thing. The other thing, Kevin Hench, he screamed this point today, but it is a good one. What more does Rodgers want? He, he wants more personal. He's coming off the best year he's ever had. Like Devontae Adams, you could say, oh, yeah. you go to Denver, they have those hot young receivers. Like, Devontae Adams is one of the best now. Like, you're coming off a tremendous season, an MVP season. Um, all right, if you're mad at the coach for uh, kicking a field goal, that's one thing. Um, maybe take a, a lick and run it in the end zone, by the way, on third down, and you don't have to worry about that. But you see him going to Denver. You think these are all real issues, and it's all going to pay off, and he's going to go to Denver. 
Well, I, I listened to that, uh, the point Hench was making today about, you know, what is he so unhappy about? And he's right that I don't, I don't agree here with what's happening. I think right. he should stay in Green Bay, but I think we've seen this before. Uh, it's, it's a little easier to forget about a running back like Bell than it is a quarterback like sure. Rodgers, right? So yeah. uh, we have to admit that. And I think what's happened here is uh, Rodgers kind of, at first, we, we this happens often when a player, you hear a rumor or they, they're speaking out, uh, they're having an issue with management, and then it's almost as if their agent says, look, uh, you know, you got to lay low here. We got to back off of this because if everybody knows you want out, Green Bay is not going to get the value right. they want for you. So now things have died down. Hmm. Uh, I just personally believe this, that it's fractured there. And behind the scenes, things are going on. These teams can't talk about it. Teams like Denver can't talk about it because he's under contract still and they can't be hit with the tampering sure. uh, issue. And I think if there is one team that he goes to, it's Denver at plus 220 right now. I think they're the only team probably that's realistically in play. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I think it should wrap up his career in Green Bay. But I think there's, it seems like there's something rotten there and, and in this relationship. So there, it looks like he's out. There are some very interesting lines you could take advantage of if you, in fact, think he's going to Denver. First of all, that plus 220 is nice, right? Um, that he's going to Denver straight up. You don't have to worry about anything. How about week one? You take uh, Denver over the Giants. The Giants, depending on what you look, the Giants, well, now they're a one-point underdog. Denver minus one, that'll shoot sure. up to four, four and a half yeah, what, if he's absolutely. taking snaps week one. Conversely, the Packers on the other side, aren't they a three-point favorite? Where are they? Why did I forget? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. They're a two-point underdog to the Saints. Um, I think that goes to five or six if they if he's not with them. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so you can mix yeah. it. And then, of course, the over-unders. Denver's over-under is eight and a half. They'll probably win yeah. nine or ten games if you think they're going to make it. But the plus 220 right now jumps out at you. Who do you like, Harry? Where do you think uh, Rodgers ends up? I think he winds up with no team. I think he's done playing. I know there's no odds on it. I think he's done playing. I think Brian said it uh, right a couple weeks ago. It's like it's a real job for him, and he doesn't look like he's ever having fun on the field. Uh controversy there in Green Bay. I think he was fantastic hosting Jeopardy. Maybe he just gets that gig and that's it. That's it for him. So you, know you would say, do. I mean, well, I think he should just, he can't say it, but I just don't think he wants to play in Green Bay. Just, just, just say, you yeah, know, probably. So, but that's probably it. Like, all right, you don't want to play your, your girlfriend, whatever. She doesn't want to live there. You don't want to play there. That's fine. He can't say that though. The fans, oh, they would, they would turn on him. But Harry, you understand if you make a pick here, you'll get your money back. So, um, <laughs> That's fun that you say he's not going to end up anywhere, but pick a, pick a team. It's still very early, but I'm saying, no. okay, uh, then uh, how about... It's still very early. <laughs> how about Jacksonville, then? That's not happening. But uh, I don't know. Listen, I just I just think... I, I, I screwed I'm up. Saying, I got too, I, you know what? Playing. I got too greedy, greedy there. I should have said, oh, wow. Yep. Oh, you don't think he's going to play? All right, that's fine. Let's move on to the next thing. But no. No. He, 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 he he's going to Jacksonville. Either... They drafted a quarterback number one overall. <laughs> Harry, really, I, he's either really high not, right now or he's exhausted. One which or the other. No, I don't it's, think he's playing, Darren. Look at this guy. Oh my he doesn't God. have fun out there. All right, so Harry thinks Roger's going to Jacksonville. 
Parley Kid says, uh, Denver, Brian, I think he stays in Green Bay. I wouldn't take it at minus 170, but I do urge everybody that thinks it's a foregone conclusion for Denver plus 220 uh, to take. All right. Now, we've gone over. We saw the schedule. Now, we kind of knew what the schedule was going to be. We pretty much we did know what the schedule would be. But now we know if, if some teams are going to play when it's dark outside or when it's light. So that's kind of the only difference. And we know uh, we know my team's playing yours. Uh, the Raiders, who I called Oakland about 50 times yesterday, Brian. I still can't do it. Uh, on Thanksgiving, <laughs> sure. Paulie Kid, what, we'll be like a six, seven point favorite against the Raiders, and we'll we'll lose that game, right? Like 31 13. Well, by that time, Sal, they could, we might be like a 14 point favorite. I, mm. Who knows? <laughs> wow. All right. We got that. There's a lot of fun games. I think Cowboys have five primetime games. And sorry, screw you, Tom Brady, 10 Fox games. And that's why we're America's team. We have 10 Fox games. That's what makes sense Heck right yeah, there. That's right. Um, DB12 does not get the 12 wins. I don't think that's 11 and a half. I gave you that. But let's go division. Do you guys have a division odds that you, and we'll, get, we'll do this 40 more times between now and uh, early September. But uh, Harry, start us off. What's your best division value bet based on the schedule, based on the draft, based on the free agent movement so far? Well, I think I'm going to go with the Rams in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough division, probably the tough, tough. We've discussed this before. Probably the toughest division in the NFL, but I'm still going to go Rams. Uh, only team last year defensively to not give up 300 points. Aaron Donald's a monster. Getting Stafford, he's got more weapons now than he's ever had when he was with, with Detroit. And uh, Akers was fantastic last year running the ball uh, at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Um, McVay could have confidence in him running the ball. He was tremendous. I think the Rams overall here are better than everybody in the division. Uh, a lot of stuff going on about Russell Wilson and Seattle. Uh, San Francisco had a tough season last year with COVID and injuries. And Arizona really folded down the stretch. So give me the Rams for the NFC West. What do you think the Rams are to make the playoffs? Because I was looking at this. And I'm like, I should like the Rams. You know, I think Stafford's better than Jared Goff. That defense is great. Without Goff, they're not in like 13-9 games entering the fourth quarter a lot of the time. They, they should. But that division is tough. I don't want to take their over-under wins. I don't want to take anyone. Arizona's maybe the most appealing because they can be 9-8 and eight and you'll win your over. Everyone else has to win 10, 11 games. So mm-hmm. hard in that division. Um, that said, what would you think, if maybe you know this, the Rams to make the playoffs are? Minus 300. What do you guys think? I, I, I know it. Do you oh, know you it, do know? Yeah, I do, do know. know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Parley Kid, you want to guess? Uh to make the playoffs, uh, minus two fifty. All right, not bad. Minus one eighty four. I think that. I think there's value there, right? Wow, that's pretty. Really. I also think yeah. like, and especially that's if Rodgers goes to Denver, which I don't think will happen, but if he does, I think nine and eight could get you a playoff uh, spot. Whereas you might need eleven wins to win the uh, win the NFC West. All right, uh, brother Bry, what do you like for division? Yeah, I was looking at the Giants here, plus four hundred. Look, I found it hysterical. Oh, they kept, re- no. they kept, Good they pick. kept, they kept referencing uh, the strength of schedule with the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, I, and how how yeah. easy it was. And it's like I, I think everybody forgot uh, they have six games against that division where everybody was awful last year. So obviously yeah. that's the reason. But when you look at all their schedules, I don't know. It's funny. I it they seem hard again. When when I'm looking at the majority of them, so it's <laughs> very possible hard. the winner of this division is. 
Uh, it's possible the winner could be seven and ten, but I do like the Giants here. Oh, and the man. reason I like the Giants is because they have a they have a very nice slate early. They're home against Denver. Barring barring Rodgers not playing there, they'll end up being like a four point favorite, three or four point favorite. I just feel like what then they're at Washington, home against Atlanta. So seven of their first nine games are winnable. Now the second half gets tough, but I think I would play the Giants at least at the four to one now, and then at some point in time, maybe play another team later in the year, uh, take another team later in the year for the division as mm. well. But I, I, mm. I, I think, I think they start off out of the gate in front when looking at these schedules. I just do. Cause the Cowboys, Cowboys schedules a little rough to start at least the first two games. I uh, think Wa- it's second easiest Washington's- in the NFC, the Cowboys. I, first of all, they it, don't do I, this right. They go by yeah. last year when they should go by, projected win totals this year. I know it gives, right, gambling, right, right. it gives gambling a little too much credit, the sports books, but that's absolutely what they should go by. That takes into account everything. The projected win totals, you add yeah. those up and then figure out the strength of schedule. So, but the Cowboys were second in the NFC. I think maybe the Eagles were first. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But, but I think just at least to start, I think the Giants get yeah. out, uh, get out Giants to a good got start. And then you can go against them if you want later in the year. Mm-hmm. Right, they got offensive weapons. It's a matter of if the offensive line can hold up. It's the offensive line and Jones. If those guys are, if they're good, they, if Jones is good, they'll be good. I, mean, I don't think come, Harry's made, you're not making it. enough of this that uh, one of us is back in your team here, Harry. You really must. <laughs> I feel like we're talking it's about early. Like, like I said, a, like, like I said, right 10 now. minutes ago, it's early. <laughs> yeah. Brian could change on a dime and a heartbeat. <laughs> Harry did point out the Giants have lost, what, their last four openers and three by double digits? That is true. That is true. Right. But, but they did lose to Pittsburgh last year by exactly 10. So, Okay. That's double digits last time I yep. checked. Jim Cunningham, will you check? Uh, let's see if 10 is double digits. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, all right, Parley Kid, we haven't gone to you yet. I, I agree with you on this pick. Yeah, I do like Brian's too. I think I talked about the Giants over uh, seven wins uh, the other day mm. too on the podcast. So I, I like them. It's going to come down to Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah, Sal, we're going with the uh, Browns at plus 145 to win that AFC North. Uh, look, the Browns. Uh, have a great formula going right now. Mayfield, let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, he was a top 10 uh, QBR quarterback uh, last year. Uh, he seems to uh, make some plays when he has to. He's not awesome, but he's pretty solid. And then you got uh, <laughs> probably the best running back tandem in the league with yep. Chubb and Hunt. Uh, oh, Can Odell mess up maybe some chemistry? I don't know, but you're, he's coming back in the fold and he is talented. Uh, and then they're good on both sides of the ball in terms of on the front lines, offensive line, defensive line, and they had an unbelievable draft this year. And on the other hand, their biggest threat, the Ravens, here's my pl- problem with the Ravens. They, they receivers stink. So, yeah. you know, you're looking at, they upgraded their receiver. No, look, they, they drafted the kid, Brian, they drafted the kid from Minnesota, right? Yeah. Is that where he yeah. went? Ba- okay. Bateman. Bateman. Bateman, Bateman right. Okay. He went to he's there, but he's still a rookie. And their big free free agent receiver acquisition is Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I mean we'll play four games. Come on. Yeah. Come on. He, he, what kind of upgrade is that? They're not doing Jackson any favors. It seems, you know, once in a while we keep thinking maybe the league is catching up to Jackson, maybe a little bit. He wasn't as good last year as the year before. So let's see what happens. Mm. But I like the Browns at plus one forty five. That's that's pretty good value. I look at them. I have them being eleven and six in that conference. Sal, 
Yeah, it could happen. I mean, here's the thing. First, you look to division record, right? So what do you think the Browns would be? Four and two? Four and two is fine for that division. It's such Four a tough two, division. Yes. Yeah. So you have to like one of the one of the narratives. So, all right, Steelers never go less than 500 with Tomlin. So you got to think, all right, they're going to be right around 500. Maybe eight, nine, you think, or nine and eight right in there. You know, you can't think the Ravens are going to have 11 wins then too if you have the Browns. And you have to think the Bengals should be better, right? With uh, Burrow, uh, about five or six wins. So I think it's very lumped uh, up there. I like the plus 145. Uh, it's a, it's overstated that Beckham has been a flop. He was on pace for eight touchdowns before he got hurt. So um, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he gets away in the way of that offense. And they, like you said, they picked up Clowney. They picked up some defensive pieces. They're serious about winning this uh, division, and I think they could do it at plus 145. I'm going with a team. I don't even love the quarterback. I'm going with the Colts. I think that division's garbage. And I'm, I think better than even odds or plus 105, whatever it is. Carson Wentz could be as good as Phillip Rivers was. They picked up uh, defensive pieces. Quiddy Pay, that's a guy I wanted our Cowboys to pick up, Parley Kid. Um, nice little pass rush there. Their defense was solid anyway. Kept them in every single game. Anyway, you got Jonathan Taylor, sophomore year. Should keep it going. Um, long drives. They score. They don't give up a lot of points. And, you know, what is it? It's Tannehill. Who am I missing here? Uh, a young Trevor Lawrence. And uh, what, why can't I think of the fourth? Uh, yeah, if there's, 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 the no, Texans. No, the, the Texans. Why, why, oh, because they're gone. Yeah. Whoever the quarterback. Yeah, they seceded from the league. Yeah. Why? why I <laughs> yeah. mean, I don't know who's going to take snaps for them. I don't think it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Um, That's a good call, Sal. Ty, I like Ty Taylor, too. is that their quarterback? I don't know what's going on. So, we, yeah, we both have Parlay Kid picks right around uh, even odds, but I like that. Colts for me, Browns for you, Giants, boo, for Brian, and uh, Harry's got the Rams <laughs> right there. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. I like talking football all year. It's terrific. Oh, yeah. By the way, though, can't say enough about basketball. It's coming up. I love the play-in. I love the idea, not just because it's our uh, race to 10 Tuesday, but – Playoff. I, in fact, I think I like the play-in better than any of the rest of the playoffs. I might not watch after the play-in. I might be done. That might be the four games for me. But one of the things I love is betting on basketball. Love it. FanDuel Sportsbook combined props with other bets with the same game to score an even bigger payout in something they call a same-game parlay. Ah, I almost had one parlay. Almost. I lost by 23 points. Today on uh, Extra Points, I had... What did I have? I had the Hornets to be winning at halftime, to be beating the Clippers and to win the game by between one and 10 points. Well, they were winning it at halftime and then they lose the game by like 23 points. So that wasn't really <laughs> close, but uh, it was exciting at seven to one and that Fandle allows you to do it. It's terrific. Point total, rebounds, assists, money line, over-unders, the spread, root for your favorite players, chance to put a small down, bet down and you win big, odds are high, which results in great Payouts, same game parlay, just one reason we use FanDuel Sportsbook. America's number one sportsbook app is simple to use, great pricing, and they'll get you your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. It's like um, Amazon, but when you answer your door, you open the box. Instead of like um, like razor blades, you find like bundles of cash. It's terrific. If you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, new users get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 risk-free. Just place a bet. And FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit. You don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and use promo code against all odds at sign up. That is promo code against all odds. 
All right, let's bring in our guest. He is, wow, an all-pro offensive lineman, three-time Super Bowl champ, who did successfully nail the transition, a difficult one, from football to soap opera star. Stink himself, Mark Schlereth is here, one of my favorites. What's happening, Stink? Ah, uh, you know, nothing, man. <laughs> Just uh, hanging out, doing doing, uh, doing my thing, man. All, all is good over here in Denver, Colorado. Hey, you know, I was thinking about it, and you started this Aaron Rodgers stuff, and I was thinking... Wow, what if this is a practical joke? This would be terrific if uh, this was all just nonsense that he was going to Denver and you made it up because now you could bet on this stuff. And do you believe, well, first of all, were you uh, freaked out a little when it became so big? Were you like, oh shit, I, I better be right about this? Or were you like, no, I'm confident and I'm glad I'm getting my name attached? Well, I don't, but listen, man, I don't give a shit if I'm right. I mean, what, <laughs> what, what, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen to me? Well, what is somebody? <laughs> Somebody can beat me up. Hold on. There's a lot of so. there's a lot of accountability in the sports prognostication game, you have to admit. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> listen, here's here's the deal. Um, I got it from, you know, somebody who is in the know and uh is a great source. So uh listen, if it happens, it happens, it's great. If it doesn't happen, I'm wrong. So what? You know, I mean like things <laughs> fall through all the time. Like it, like I know, or at least I I, I feel like I know that things went down. And, and it's so funny when the general managers come back and say, well, we, you know, we shut down the talks. We, we didn't talk. You know, we had, didn't have any official talks. Like it, 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 people jump on you and are like, Oh, we got, see it happened. They didn't have any talks. They, like these are the same guys that tell you like, Hey, the, the legal tampering period opens for free agency and a guy signs with 20 in 22 seconds. Like what they just, they, they, right. they, they cut a deal in 22 seconds. They've right. never talked before that. Yeah. Like it's, it's such a bunch of baloney. They talk all the time. Um, there's all kinds of back channel deals that get done. And, you know, for all I know, they were about ready to trade him. And uh, then they realized that, uh, you know, they looked at some Jordan love film and realized, Oh shit, this kid can't play. So, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do now? Um, but uh, listen, this could happen right now. The, the Broncos, the Broncos, who win five games a year, who have become irrelevant, who have one game in primetime, a Thursday night game, the Broncos are second odds-on favorites to win a Super Bowl or to go to a Super Bowl. Right. So, I mean, those guys in Vegas are smarter than me. I, I guarantee you that. And if they've got them rolling, then, then something's going on with Aaron Rodgers stuff. Well, it's funny. I tried to read into the schedule, which obviously came out yesterday. So Fox, right, and you might be calling one of these games, they have um, – Green Bay at New Orleans, and they also have Denver at the Giants in that 4, 4 p.m. Eastern slot. So wherever he ends up, they'll take him. I was also looking at the primetime slots. The Green Bay primetime slots are in that flexing window, so they could always get those a couple of those out of there. And I, I, I still can't make – let me ask you this. Did your source think the deal would go down before the draft, or are you, you, are you just as confident – now and are you reading into the whole thing like well they'll wait till june 1st because they could save 22 million on a cap well, I, hit. yeah i don't think there's any question they'll wait they'll wait right and i think i think that by all like when when i sat there and said hey man this close this is as close as it can be done to a done deal him moving um but i said obviously there's always things that can happen and you know and, and one side can decide to back out one side can get cold feet one side can uh, realize that, oh, shoot, you know, this, like, we're not going to survive. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, come on. You know, what are they without Aaron Rodgers? We're, you know, we may right. be fixing to find out. But, um, 
certainly these things, these things can, you know, fall apart. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it. I still think that I still think that it's going to happen. Uh, I still think they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. And, and so on, on the draft day, when I had the information and, and the funny thing was, man, I was so excited when I got the, the, you know, when I got the information that I went on the radio, I was like, Hey man, I'm being told, like, I was just, I was just like telling my guys right. on my radio station in Denver, Colorado, Hey, this looks like it could go down. Like I'm excited because, you know, I mean, the Broncos, like I said, have been irrelevant for the last five years. So I'm like, this automatically puts you into the upper echelon of a football team. So um, I, I think that's, you know, that ultimately is what I got excited about, but I still think it's probably um, odds on to happen. And, um, and now you know, they could always, they could always, you know, extend an olive branch and figure it out and do all those kind of things. But um, hell, Aaron started texting me after, you know, right after I, I kind of broke the news. It was like, well, hey, who's your source? <laughs> so I'm like, well, what are you doing? I go, you want to, uh, if you come to Denver, you want to come over to my house for dinner? He goes, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see exactly what happens, but uh, I still think it's got a great chance of, re- of, 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 of happening. It's very exciting because you can't look at the schedules. You can't look at over under for us. We gamble. So we're looking at all these things like, God, it all depends on whether he goes to Denver or Green Bay. That could be a nine and eight playoff team in the NFC because the NFC will be, you know, inferior. It's already, I think, inferior. But uh, if he leaves and, you know, then then you got you could have two 12 win teams in the AFC West. Brother Bride over there, you could tell with the Bo Jackson is a Raiders fan. I was like, you know what? If Denver gets Denver gets Rodgers, the Raiders are a fourth place team for four or five years if everyone's healthy. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly, uh, obviously, with quarterback situations in the AFC West and it's it's. You know, with Mahomes, obviously he's he's a unicorn, and what Herbert did last year, he looks like legit. Um, I think Carr is a damn good quarterback. You know, even though it seems like John Gruden's always trying to get rid of him, I think I think uh, I think Derek Carr is a damn good quarterback. So, but if obviously if Aaron Rodgers comes into that division, um, he automatically goes up at, right there neck and neck uh, with Mahomes. So. Right. Um, you know, it's one and two, it's one, two or one and one, a, whatever you want to call it. The extra game. Good for you. Right. I hope you work that into your contract because, um, <laughs> they don't pay you for a season, right? They pay you per game to be an analyst on five. Uh, no, they pay me for the season. Oh, so oh. yeah, you know, whatever. Right. Hey, listen, man, I'm just happy to do, I'm happy. I got to tell you, Sal, I mean, I'm living out a childhood dream. The only thing I ever want to, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, for crying out loud. The only thing I ever wanted to be was a professional football player. Yeah. And, um, you know, by God's grace, it happened. And, um, and you know, and then I, I, I got to I got to live out my childhood dream. And now I get to talk about football for a living. I've done this, you know, I've, I've been involved in the game since 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? 30, I can't do the math. I'm not that bright. Over but it's, 30 years. You know, it's, yeah. it's a long, it's a long ass time. And, and, you know, my dad told me when I was a little boy, he said, uh, find something you love to do and you'll never have to go to work. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life for you know, the last 40 years or whatever it is. You do a great job at it. You really do. It was a nice, uh, and like I said, you're a soap opera star at heart. For, so to be able to pull this off is unbelievable. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I will say, but the extra game, though, you know, it's weird. They talk about concussions and everything and how it shortens seasons. I feel like it works on my eyesight. Now the font is so small with these color-coded schedules. I couldn't even, I was on Fox Bet Live I today. I couldn't even read the schedule. I was like, oh my God. 
go back to the 70s when there was like 12 games, 14 games, whatever. But um, what do you think? What do you think the impact is? You think there'll be more parity in the league because now the first place teams get an extra game against the opposite conference's first place team? Or do you think the cream will rise to the crop either way? I, you know, I think the good teams, the good teams that stay healthy are still going to be the good teams that stay healthy. The guys that have, you know, the exceptional quarterbacks. I mean, I think the thing that that's really interesting about the league, um, I think there's so much there. I think there's so much misinformation about how football works. Um, I just think there's a lot of teams that just think if you just get a quarterback in the draft, any quarterback will do. Just pick a quarterback. He'll save our franchise. Mm -hmm. I think those teams are stupid. And I think there's a lot of those teams because I think there's probably 10 or 12 teams in the league that are really about winning championships. And I think the rest of them are, are, are really about growing the value of their franchise. Interesting. And, and so I, I just think there's a lot. Hey, listen, man, if they have an outlier season and they win and they, and they go to the playoffs, or they go to a, a world championship, good for them. But I don't believe that that's what they're committed to. I believe they're committed to, you know, their their franchise growing in value by 12 to 20 percent every year, mm -hmm. year over year. And that's really what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. And so, you know, you you kick the can down the road, you keep drafting quarterbacks and you keep selling hope and you keep, you know, getting wide receivers and getting, you know, and you keep building a fantasy team and you keep sucking ass doing that. <laughs> um but you know what? It keeps your fan base energized. It keeps your fan base hopeful. You know, we got another young quarterback. Oh, we got a receiver. Now we're going to, you know, now we're going to win. And, and ultimately you're going to suck because you don't understand how to build a football team. So yeah, that, that's, that's my, that's my thought. So there's always, you know, there's always 12 teams in the league that are about winning a championship and, and the rest of them are, are just out there, you know, um, like I said, trying to grow the value of their franchise. Do you think that's a, re a fairly recent phenomenon based on just like new owners and just like uh, GMs who try to build a different way? Or do you think that's kind of been like that for a while? Now? I, I No, I think it's been that. It was that way when I came in a league in the late 80s, you know, it was at one of the very first meetings I, I we ever had. I was playing for Washington and Joe Gibbs. And he said, hey, there's legitimately 10 teams in the league that are trying to win a championship. Mm. There was 28 in the league at that time. And we're one of them. We've yeah. got an ownership that we've got ownership that that is one of them. You know, and I, it's just it is just kind of the way it is. And it's about building an organization, building a culture. Um, you know, I was a plumber's apprentice one summer, and um, and so I'm putting in. You know, I I worked I worked uh, I just worked the whole. We're building a building, so I was kind of an apprentice at every stage. I was an apprentice for the plumber. I was uh, you know, I, we built footings, you know, we, we, we poured the, we poured the, uh, we poured the footings and then we, you know, I stopped walk. I mean, there was nothing I didn't do on this building project, but after we, after we dug, you know, after we excavated, we had to lay down the plumbing and, um, and the plumber, you know, pulled me aside and said, Hey man, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about plumbing today. And I'm like, wow. And he goes, okay, here it is. He goes, shit flows downhill. <laughs> because that's all you need to know about plumbing. Right. And ultimately, that's how organizations are structured. Uh, if you've got shitty ownership, it's going to go, it's going to filter through the whole organization. And if your owner isn't truly committed to winning um, and doesn't empower, you know, I, I always say there's two types of owners. There's the ones that 
appoint a coach and there's the ones that empower a coach. Mm. And if your coach isn't empowered, then your organization is going to suck. Um, if there's a back staircase to the owner's office where you can complain when you don't like something the coach does, you will never win. It's the, it's the Cowboys model. It's the Washington oh. football team's model. <laughs> it, it's what they, it's what they have become and you can't win. You just cannot win that way. Do you think maybe it's too late for this, but maybe your boss, the plumber, could be hired as the Cowboys GM and maybe teach us a, a couple of things? I mean, it seems like yeah. Well, that I mean, there's a there's a possibility there. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any question. I don't even know if that dude's still alive. Uh, he was, well, let's he was look old. into it. We're running out of time with these Cowboys for sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, you brought up Anchorage, Alaska, and you are a state championship wrestler, a heavyweight, right? Uh, you have some county place uh, holders here for uh, wrestling here on Long Island uh, on the Zoom with you. I think you could probably pick which one isn't. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I uh, I was wondering about wrestling in Alaska. Well, first of all, uh, Jim Cunningham, do you have that video? I think it was last year. Yeah, here it is. You kind of beat up. A, you, you were demonstrating a lateral drop here, right? On a, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Good luck to all Let's the high this. school wrestlers. Right here. You see, yep. this? You see what you do is as you wrestle, you tie up first, right? So you're doing this. So I want to get in here, and then I want to get right here. You see this? You see the power I've got right there? Now I want him to push back on me. Oh, 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 oh. Right here, Whoa. get in. Yeah. Oh, I've been able to stare at Look at my producer's face. <laughs> Your producer's counting the pit, the one. Oh, God. Yeah, I actually broke his ribs. He spent the night in the <laughs> hospital, right? I remember yeah, you posted that picture. Yeah, I broke, yeah, I broke his ribs doing that. <laughs> oh, you know, no. the, the, the true story, the true story, I mean, I did break his ribs, but I kind of hurt my wrist. I hurt my wrist and my, and my hip really sore for a couple of days too. So okay. yeah. You should sue him for doing that to your wrist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I should. I mean, you know, what was I, well, I, you know, it wasn't supposed to, it, the floor was a lot harder than I thought it was. <laughs> 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 probably in hindsight, probably shouldn't have done it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, screw it. That's great. I, I that's, have to, well, you know what, first of all, that's why we conduct all our interviews on zoom. So nothing like that will happen to me, but, um, <laughs> but that's, uh, so tell me about wrestling in, in, uh, Alaska. First of all, I want to know, was it like a regular season? Um, were there a lot of school? I, I have no idea. Did you get like 30 matches in a year or was it, um, Oh yeah, that, you did. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 The wrestling, when I was in high school, wrestling was huge. It was probably, um, hockey was really the, the biggest sport. Mm -hmm. Um, and then probably football and, and wrestling were pretty close, but wrestling in high school, wrestling in Alaska was really, was big. Like, uh, my, my high school was about 3000 people mm -hmm. and, wow. um, uh, and we put 150 guys in our wrestling room. Really? What? Oh yeah. We had a hundred, we, we had 150 guys on our wrestling team. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it's the most brutal, it's the toughest sport I've ever been involved in. Um, it was such a, it was such good training for football from a leverage standpoint sure. and just understanding body strength. And, and yep. like I said, mentally, physically, the toughest sport I've ever been involved in, bar none, made me a much better football player, hated every second of it, had scholarship offers to wrestle leaving high school and was like, you're crazy if you think I'm going to go wrestle somewhere. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it just was, it's probably the best thing I ever did. And my football coaches made me do it. And mm. like I said, I, I pretty much hated every minute of it. Um, <laughs> 
but it was it was incredible, man. And we had this we had this great team. You know, the cool thing about we uh, like at at my school it was Robert Service High School, um, and we um, we had in my uh, like my senior year was the 14th region championship in the in a row that we had won. Hmm. Uh, I think we took three of four state championships at the time uh, when I was in high school. Um, like I said, we'd have 150 guys come out, but we had like our school was so known for wrestling that we would literally have like men that were in the community that wrestled in caught like at Iowa or Iowa state, or like these are full grown ass men in their thirties mm-hmm. and they would take off from work at three o'clock and come and beat the <laughs> shit out of us. Wow. I mean, if to them it was fun, like cross face, black eyes, you know, and it was so we're constantly like we're constantly wrestling against full grown men that are in our like they just roll in and we just let anybody you know it's ch- sign of the time just let anybody what you wrestled yeah come on in where are you like it could have been anybody right so, you know, but it, like we literally had guys showing up and, and just trying to beat up high school kids so, i can't even uh, imagine a room with 150 we had parlay kid what did we have your senior year we had you had 20 20 maybe i don't know maybe yeah probably 20 on a good day when everybody's and not ca- not counting the takedown machine guy on the on the, on the wall but 150 <laughs> plus grown men coming in no wonder you hated it wow yeah you know it was it was and we would do i don't know if you guys did this in your wrestling room but we would do weight class like champ and chump so we would have champ and chump drills so uh, you know you do like a takedown session for mm-hmm. a half hour yep and so you'd have you know in each weight class and you got 150 kids in the wrestling we'd have 13 14 guys in a weight class yeah. right and so you're right running on. champ and chump and it's like takedowns if you're the champ you stay out there until somebody takes your ass yeah. down right right you'd be out there 30 minutes just one after the other after the other but it was great when you get a fish, you know, some freshman kid who didn't have a chance and we just beat the shit out of him, you know, make him stay out like 30 minutes, try to toughen him up. And so, yeah, the champ chunk drills were awesome. Love I mean, yeah, we have, a, we'd have wrestle offs every week, you know, because yeah. it was so competitive between varsity and JV. And uh, it was, it was something we'd wrestle under the lights, you know, they'd bring the lamp down and we'd pl- pack a gym um that your, was our your, gym was huge your meets we must have been like, uh, seven seven hours long your meets your dual meets oh right? dude we would literally we literally had two thousand two thousand people in our gym to watch a high school wrestling match. jeez mm, crazy. it was it was it was phenomenal wow let, let me ask you this so your nickname is stink right affectionately uh-huh. known as stink did you ever because i have stories here where i just tried to fart my way to a win or once um <laughs> once i had my singlet doused with uh cologne but that did that worked against me i i ended up getting so sick i, I don't know what happened I, I lost that match too would you use that to your advantage you've talked about like urinating on yourself during a football game but right. a, a stench doesn't matter as much in a football game you're outdoors it's cold it could could play a factor in a wrestling match right um yeah you know it probably could i didn't uh yeah i didn't piss myself during the wrestling matches um that's good i had better control back in high school now you know i mean like you know you get to a point now where you gotta like i have to i have to on a daily basis kind of uh measure the confidence i have in my farts you know like i'm like wait a minute now today may be one of them it's a little loose down there today and uh, i might have to go 
I'm that that was go, me yesterday, Mark. Yeah, I like to call it leaves in the gutter, you know, where you just prepare yourself, <laughs> throw a little toilet paper, and you're, just in case you, you get a little seepage. So, um, yeah, i got to be careful with that stuff nowadays. But my when I wrestled in high school, the, the joke when I wrestled in high school was it was uh, R-rated uh, because my nose bled profusely every wrestling match I ever Everyone, I was I was the really? biggest bleeder. It was like a vision quest, you know, like uh, yeah, loud yeah. you can't hold your mud, you know, right. shoot, you can't hold your mud. So yeah, I would. I mean, it was a bloodbath every time I wrestled. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I've always had nose issues. So that was that was kind of my. Well, I mean, you're getting cross faced by thirty year olds on uh, Monday through Friday. That can't be great either. Yeah, for for the nose. My God. Um, no, you know. Look, let me ask, would you consider yourself the toughest football analyst? Like if there was a round robin tournament, just MMA uh, style, could you, I mean, you could take out Aikman and, uh, you know, Chris Myers, Pam Oliver, I'm guessing. Is there anyone right. who could stay with you? Maybe Glazer, but he doesn't really, I, he's not really an analyst, right? No, I, you know, there's, here's the thing. I'm at a stage, right? Like if you grab my left knee, it only bends to about 80 degrees. If you just bent my left knee, I tap out. Okay. Or if, good you, to know. if you grab my fingers, like my fingers, you know, are beat up. So like there's, there's certain, yeah, there's certain things that I, there's certain weakness, you know, there's certain, but I'm not as tough as I used to be. You know, I, I, I talk a good game, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I probably, I, I probably, I mean, I, I think I can hold my own, you know. I think I can hold my own. But, I think uh, you can hold more than your there's own. There's a couple of weaknesses there, you, as you guys well know. <laughs> I think you'd be fine. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I, I thank you for coming on. It's been a it's been a while, and you've given us enough. I, I wish it was earlier. You could wheel the zoom around and show us your lawn. Are you most proud of your lawn in like October, or is this this month is May a good month for you? I know no, you're crazy. I mean, I'm a little. I, I would. I'm I'm probably a little behind where I normally am. Oh. We've had some we've had some weather here. It's been crazy. Um, we had snow just the other day. Yeah, just yesterday yesterday we had snow for crying out loud. So wow. we haven't had we haven't had a lot of uh, warm weather. So it's a little patchier than normally it would be. Uh, but you know, it's only my, my neighbors are they already know like they're. They think they're one up on me, and eventually, like I will leave a note on my neighbor's door from my lawn to their lawn, and just like, "Hey, man, are you okay? You look kind of sick over here." <laughs> yeah. You know, sign Mark's lawn. Um, so, I, you know, it's only a matter of time. You know, they'll start accusing me of lawn roids and other things like that. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in it. I'm just in it all the time. And so uh, my lawn is better than yours. And, and you know, I'm like, uh, I'm like White Goodman over here. You know, well, I'm better than you and I know it. So, um, yeah, it's not where I it's not where I want it to be. But uh, All right, boy, you'll get there. two weeks from now, it'll be the best lawn in the neighborhood. No question. <laughs> I wonder, why do you think you'll like this? Do you, is it because you came from Alaska? And is it like a kid that's never allowed to eat sugar as a child and then is just like, loading up on frosted mini wheats as a 25 year old like when you got out of alaska you're like i'm gonna have a giant lawn and i'm gonna keep it perfect and uh and that's that do you think that was uh it? no it's i think it's just the i think it's the offensive lineman in me i just oh. you know i just like to work so i like I'm, i like to be busy i like to work 
And I like to like I like to build new projects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, landscaping projects and things of that nature. And I love that I love seeing something to its to its end. You know, I love to mm-hmm. see the stages of kind of having a vision or an idea and saying, okay, this is what I want to be able to accomplish. And then, you know, from the start to the finish, the work that's involved in doing it and then seeing it at, at the, you know, the end result. And I, I think it's one of the things I probably love about football is, you know, how you build a roster, how you build a team, how you, how you uh, attack an opponent. Like, yeah. uh, you know, th- there's so many, I, I think there's, like there's guys who call plays in the National Football League and there's guys who call offenses. Mm-hmm. And it's how you stack things one upon another, how you how you um, how you attack somebody's weaknesses while mitigating your own weaknesses. And there's such a strategy to it. And you know, the ultimate the thing I love about it more than anything else is is the physicality of it and um, the general public thinks it's fantasy football, but go to the playoffs last year. Every team who dominated the line of scrimmage won the playoff game. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it's and it's you, you can't argue it. And so I love I love that kind of aspect of of you know of, of how you put a team together, how you call plays, how you create explosive plays uh, through what you do as your identity and. There's a lot of teams that do it well, and there's a lot of teams that are just awful. Well, let me and say this: so, if if, yeah. if the offensive line didn't get credit for you know w- the way the Chiefs performed in the Super Bowl, it, it, it's never going to get credit, right? I mean, that's all you had to see. You got the the quarterback of a generation running for his life, throwing literally parallel to the ground, and uh, yeah, you lose a couple yeah. linemen, you're, you're done. Right. Yeah, but but here's here's the thing that I would tell you is that you know you're playing with backup linemen, so why are you not going to mitigate that potential disastrous coaching yeah. staff? Right. So to right. me, that was more about football hubris than it was about hey, we we're playing with backup linemen. Mm-hmm. So if if you're going to invite me, if you're Tampa Bay and you're saying hey man, we'll give you seven eight yards of carry, and you're too arrogant. You don't want to win that way. You're too arrogant to to run it that way and, and to cram it down their throat. And all the things that all the things that stack off that from a play action standpoint, from an explosive plays in the passing game standpoint, and how you can mitigate those issues that you have with backup offensive linemen by running the ball and then giving them an opportunity. You know, so so let me just kind of explain protection to you. If you drop back 35 times and throw a bunch of five steps with hitches and seven step drops, I don't care who you are. You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Guys on like, think about this. You're, you're a big sports guy, right? Sure. Think about, think about this. Where else in sports are you matching up? Unlike athletes and the worst athlete is expected to block the better athlete 65 times in a row. And if he doesn't, he sucks. So if you get caught in a switch in basketball and your 6'2 guard has to face a seven-foot center, that seven-foot center dunks over his head, nobody says, man, that six-foot guard is garbage. It's interesting. He can't play defense. Mm-hmm. You say, well, they get matched up in a bad match, right? Yeah. If, you're, if your wide receiver gets tied up on a, on a slow safety, a run-support safety, and runs by him, you're like, well, that's a really bad matchup. 
right? Yeah. But yet, you know, offensive linemen, we're the worst athletes on a football field. And the guys we have to block are are not only our same size and, and same strength ratio, but they're ex- exp- exponentially better athletes. Like they're three, four times. So, so think about this. I have seen a corner transition to safety, a safety transition to linebacker, a linebacker transition to DN, DN transition to uh, D-tackle, a D-tackle transition to offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know what the transition for offensive linemen is? Fan. Yeah. You go from O-line to fan. That We're the last yeah. row on the ladder athletically. So every time you line up, you're lined up against a guy who's a better athlete than you. You give that guy – you give up one sack a game and that guy goes to the Pro Bowl and you're a piece of shit. Yeah. So, like, so to me, it's your responsibility as a coaching staff. When I see an offensive line give up seven sacks, I don't say the offensive line sucks as much as I say the coaching staff sucks. Mm-hmm. They're awful. And, and so you have to understand, if I drop back 35 times a game, it's about, it's about how can I give my guys a chance to win? How can I take that 35 and say, okay, now we're going to throw – out of that 35 snaps, we're going to throw – you know, seven three-step drops. Now we're going to throw five bubble screens. Now I'm, I've taken 12 plays off, you know, five bubbles or swings. Now we're going to say, hey, how many five-step drops with no hitch can I throw where you can actually upkick that? How many different run-action plays can I have? Can I take eight run-action plays, a couple of play-action plays where we have seven-man protections? Now all of a sudden I've taken those 35 plays and I've shrunk it down to 11 or 12 where you have to hold up. And I say, if you can't hold up for 11 or 12, we need different offensive linemen. Mm. But the bottom line is I have to take that. I have to take, you know, 20 of those plays off of your plate, 22, 23 of those plays off your plate so that you can have success so that you can change up your set. So you can show run on a pass pro. So you can do all those things to take that pressure off a group and, Ultimately, there's a lot of coaches that don't understand the problems. The best coaches in the league understand everybody's issues. Right. And then they work to mitigate those issues. And unfortunately, there's a lot of shitty coaches in the league that don't understand that. So it might be shitty coaches or it might be eagles. I'm trying as you're telling me this, and I've never had it explained to me. That's fascinating the way you broke it down there. But so who's Whose fault is it? Is it at some point the offensive line coach should be like, hey, guy, we're getting our asses kicked here, says to Eric Bianami. Bianami says to to Andy Reid, like, who is uh well, why aren't it, they throwing screens and running? So well, I always had I had always had offensive line coaches that would try to fight the head coach. Right. Like if we're not getting what we if we're not getting what we need to take the pressure off us, I mean I I had a my my offensive line coach in Denver is a little guy named Alex Gibbs. 160 pound, never played, and he would mother f you up one side <laughs> and down the other. And he would, I mean, he challenged the head coach to a fight. He'd, he'd be a mother effing him on the sideline. You mother, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable, <laughs> right? And um, he, and and you know, we we'd fight the same way. I mean, I have I had a game once where I I came off the field and he's dog cussing me about something. I go, that's not what happened. And, you know, we take these Polaroid shots. So they take the shot about seven seconds before the seven seconds before the ball snap and then about two seconds before the ball snap. And so he's like, look at, look right here. You missed this. And I go, that guy didn't come, dumbass. It was somebody else, right? <laughs> and no, he's F you and this, that, and whatever. Da, da, da. And fine, he's 160 pounds. I have my helmet in my hand, right? And I took my helmet and I just, I tried to break his sternum with it. 
wham, hit him in the chest with it. And it, like, it knocked the wind out of him. I go, if you think you can block him, be my guest, right? <laughs> and so then he's just like, he turns around and goes, fuck you, and then walks off, right? And so, <laughs> so anyhow, the next day, we get our grade sheet. And it doesn't say, hey, man, I'm sorry, I was wrong, whatever. It just says, you're right. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> He so, knew he knew the lateral drop was next. He didn't want right, to. Right. <laughs> but you know, that's that's kind of a, so you gotta have somebody that you gotta have somebody that advocates for you. Right. You know, you gotta have somebody that'll fight the fight for you and that and and that understands how difficult the job is. Mm-hmm. Um and so the the coaches that really get that, that really understand that, to me. They call an offense. They just don't call plays. They call an offense, and they and they're always constantly thinking about, you know, how to not only create explosive plays and create great angles and create, uh, you know, success, but also, like I said, protect their players. Right. Um. And 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 it's hard. And I think one of the issues that, like you talked about, the ego issue becomes part of it. Is is like. How do you get a head coaching job? Well, you get a head coaching job because you develop a young quarterback, and that young quarterback lights it up, right? I mean, a young quarterback that lights it up in the National Football League is like Viagra to eighty-year-old owners, right? They can't. I mean, they got a stiffy from, you know, from the <laughs> one go. And so, ultimately, like I always, I always joke around with some coaches in the league. I'm like, why is it that if you run the ball three times and get two yards of carry, you'll give up on them, but you'll throw six fucking incompletions in a row and you don't have any problem with it. Right. Like you guys suck. Like you, you suck. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's just, let me just tell you, it is so much harder to sit back and protect the quarterback than it is to run the ball. Right. And you ask any offensive lineman, nobody wants to do it. And if you don't take the pressure off of them with the way you call a game, there's no alignment in the league that will hold up. They just can't. Yeah, it's true. It's a great point. It really is. Well, I could talk to you about this for hours and hours. Hey, I, got nothing. I got nowhere to be. You guys are like, I hate not holding me up. I know it's oh, midnight. I've already went to bed. I feel bad you're already behind with the lawn thing. I feel like that's my fault. I just took a half hour from you. No. I do want I want you to do me a favor. It does bother me. I have everything I learned today. It bothers me that you're not getting paid for the extra game. So I would like for you to urinate on yourself in the booth. And whoever has to, Chris Myers, whoever has to suffer sitting next to you, so be it. But um, that's right. your, your silent protest to Fox. Well, I, I might, you know, I, I might do that. You never know. You never know. <laughs> what, what about you? you hey, does, does the, uh, the guys in the cheap seats, do they ever ask it? Brian or Darren or Harry, you guys ever ask a question? You just sit there. Like, what's their, what's their deal? I just feel like it's like voyeurism. I feel like you guys are creepy uncles, man. Like, That's hey, it. it's Cousin Sal and my creepy uncle. Come on. Well, well, I mean, Harry's creepy. You could tell that, right? Yeah. In the video. Uh-huh. For, for sure. Brian's a Raiders fan. He doesn't have uh, much to. He doesn't know what to oh, say. Oh, hey, anymore. Brian, let me tell you my Raiders story. Can I, can yeah, long, no, no. Do, do, my... I do. I mean, do you completely? Are you? Do you completely hate the Raiders, or is it just like you know you don't even worry about the Raiders because they were never really a challenge to you? Is that, is that right? Fair? No. Well, I was eleven and one against. Uh, yeah, that's what, yeah. But, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Like I, I, I hate the Raiders with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns. But, um, but the league's a better place. When the Raiders are relevant. So listen, I'm at the Super Bowl when the Raiders were playing Tampa. 
2000, it's probably my first year of television. And I'm out in, we're in San Diego and, um, and I am out East somewhere at this charity event. And I got to be on sports center the next morning at like 4am, right? I got to be on the early morning sports center. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get back to the hotel. I want to go. It's only like 839. So I go out, I kind of sneak out of the event. I go out to try to hail a cab. And there's like, there is, they're like, hey man, there are no cabs. And this is before Uber, obviously, you know. So they're like, hey, it may be two hours before you get a cab. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. And so all of a sudden, this big suburban pulls up. And all these dudes jump in the suburban, they start jumping in, and they're all decked out in Raiders gear. And so I go, hey, it's a huge suburban, right? There's like five or six guys. So I go, hey, man, you guys heading to the gas lamp district by chance? And they go, yeah. I go, Could you, you, I can't get a cab. Can I jump in with you? And they're like, absolutely. So I jump in. And I'm literally sitting in the back seat against the passenger's window. And there's two guys in the front. And there's another two guys here. And then one guy in the deep back, right, of this suburban. And I keep getting this one guy on the other, on the other passenger's window in the back, kind of leaning over the guy in the middle, looking at me. And I'm just trying to, you know, not do anything. And he just keeps looking. He keeps looking. And you can tell, you know, you can always tell when somebody recognizes you, but they're not quite sure who you are. Mm -hmm. And so he keeps looking, 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 goes, I know who you are. And, and I said, you do? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're that fucking guy on ESPN that hates the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> and now the whole car is looking at me, right? The two guys in the front seat, and we're on the highway, and we're literally, it's a parking lot. Like, we're barely moving. We're, we're going two miles an hour. We're creeping. So now everybody's turning around looking at me, and I'm like, no, 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 man. You got the wrong guy. And he's like, no, you're that dude from ESPN. Now everybody else is turning around going, That's, you're the dude who hates the Raiders. And I'm like, you guys got me all wrong. Right. So this, this, goes on, this goes on for literally two and a half, three minutes. No, you're the guy. I'm not the guy. And and you're that guy on ESPN. I go, okay, listen. I said, you are correct. I am the guy on ESPN. But I said, you have me all wrong. I don't hate the Raiders. Yeah, you do. You're always dog cussing the Raiders. You're always giving us grief. I go, like, do not hate the Raiders. I go, you know why I don't hate the Raiders? I go, because I was 11 and 1 against their punk asses. And I go, they didn't mean shit to me. And the car goes, it literally goes completely silent. And I'm like, I'm either going to take the most epic beat down of my entire life or these guys are going to make it. And, and you know what? They just started laughing, bust out laughing. And, and so it was like fun the rest of the way down the gas lamp district where we were, you know, cutting it up and, and talking smack to each other. And That's then great. I was a couple of years ago, I was filming ball, uh, episode of Ballers and a guy comes down. And they've got, you know, they've got it cordoned off. You know, he's going, hey, stink, 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 stink. And he goes, hey, man, I was a dude driving the Suburban wow. in San Diego <laughs> nice. like 20 years nice. ago or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got this love-hate relationship with uh, Raider That's fans. Nice. Stink, yeah, I, I, mean, thought, I thought you were going to say, uh, wasn't that the Barrett-Robbins game? What, it was. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he was in the Suburban. I thought that was going to take a, a left turn. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, he was somewhere in Mexico at that point. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, that was that was <laughs> awful. That was like one of the worst moments as a young Raider fan was Barrett Roberts. Uh, yeah, God. that was a rough game in general. Mm. That was one of the bigger surprises, I would say, in Super Bowl history. Now they, now they kind of just uh, they go according to plan. But I feel like when we were growing up, 
right? Everything was like a 21 point game. And, uh, you know, you didn't hear from the team that lost for a long time. Um, Super Bowls are better now. Maybe with the extra team, it helps too. But yeah, well, it was great having you on. 104.3, the fan, right? 104.3, the fan. I got my, uh, I don't know if you can see it, my stinky yeah. green chili. Nice. Got that. You can, get, you can find me there at uh, stinkygood.com if you want to get some green chili queso dip. Uh, that's cruising. Yeah, the, the radio show's great. I mean, we're just uh, we're bouncing around. I'm on this Twitch thing, too, man. I mean, Trey Wingo and I have our own Twitch channel. Yeah, Wingo's um, a Fox guy now. Yeah, I have no idea. Twitch is like, it's, they, 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 the Twitch the technicians always talk to me like, oh, yeah, you just got to get the mod bot and you got to do that. And I'm like, dude, I, like, I am not 14. You're going to have to slow down. <laughs> I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> That's great. And give uh, everyone the address so they can come see your uh, lawn. Uh, but you, you think it's going to be, <laughs> be ready? Okay. Just swing by Lone Tree and just ask, like, where's the best lawn in Lone Tree? And they'll, they'll point you Don't know where to send it. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Stink, for coming on. He's the greatest three time Super Bowl champ, Mark Schlereth. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, My Mark. pleasure, Sal. Take care, Thanks, guys. Mark. Thanks, right. Mark. Take care, Thanks, Mark. How great is he, huh? <laughs> so good. Thanks, yeah. guys. All right. Later. Thanks, man. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> so yep. good. Uh, yes. It's got it all going. Parley Kid, you could have talked wrestling with him for hours, right? Uh, that was great. I think, uh, you know, you can just envision that, like, 1980s, like, wrestling room in there, right? When he's talking I can about that. This. I can, because that's a decade worth of John Glenn rooms right there. It is, that is people. true. <laughs> that That is true, Sal. But you know what I was thinking? It was probably, like, the way Sachem's room was back then. Uh, Sachin was probably a hundred kids deep. Yeah. Uh, at one point. And what point, kind of room maybe is that? More. Is that the gym? Or there's actual room. Uh, you're downstairs? probably in like you're probably in like a, a a full gym almost at that point, right? Like where your wrestling imagine room that. is just a gym that's matted wall to wall. Right? You can't. It's hard to believe. Imagine like one weight class had as many guys on there in that uh, in a weight class as we had on our whole team. Right. At uh, at points, I love that talk. I love to hear that. Honestly, it's funny because uh, one one of the guys I coached middle school with, we, we both coach middle school football, middle school wrestling. We we make our linemen uh, come out for wrestling. Yeah, um, it's uh, smart. It, I mean, balance, you, you have to do it. Leverage, it's a great yeah. balance, uh, hand fighting, um, you know, leverage. Uh, it's all there. And every time, right? So when we heard that the Cowboys drafted a, a guy from UCLA this year, uh, defensive lineman. Uh, not an offensive lineman, but a defensive lineman that was a, a three-time state champion. Yeah, it's like ninety-one like and zero his last three years. Um, or something, right? You go, you know what? That guy's a, and you know he's a winner, and you know he's a tough kid, right? Because right. anybody who does the wrestling, and you could even hear him say, he's like, I, I, I hated it, but you know that's <laughs> nobody loves wrestling. It's very few guys that you find that yeah, yeah. love wrestling. Uh, but obviously, it was a big help. That was great. I. He could have, I think he would have stayed on for another two hours. I know. I always feel bad. I really do. Plus, we have to give our, uh, everyone's waiting for our uh, Preakness picks. No. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, before we hit that, it's it's NHL playoff week, right? Everything's set. They just now set the schedule, I think, for the playoffs. And I got to tell you, Mikey Meatballs, you and Eddie Spaghetti are on, and you do the the roundup, right, Um, on a minus three. Boy, these guys, Hanch and Damashek, it's a foregone conclusion that the Bruins and Penguins are going to advance, right? Wow. It not work that way in the NHL, right? Parley Kidd and you, for one, think the Caps are a team to watch for. Well, I, I, you know, 
It's interesting. The Capitals had just as many points as the Penguins did this year, but they ended up with 77 in second place. Yeah. Uh, and here, you know, the Capitals are a few years removed from their Stanley Cup championship under Barry Trotz. And now, really my second favorite coach in the NHL next to Barry Trotz, Trotz is Peter, Peter LaViolette, who is the Capitals coach. And the Capitals are back to playing the way they were under Trotz. They are gritty. They are tough. And they are a team full of winning players. Backstrom, Carlson, Oshie, Ovechkin, Chara right now going against his old uh, Bruins team. Mm -hmm. uh, the only difference really in this matchup, and they are plus 110. So I love the Capitals here as the underdog, um, even though they got the extra home game as well uh, in, in this series. So uh, I think the only thing that worries some people maybe is the goaltending matchup with uh, Tuka Rask. Um, uh, probably having an advantage over whoever's uh, goaltending for the Capitals. Right. But look, we saw we saw a rookie goaltender a few years ago with the St. Louis Blues win. Uh, look, these guys are all good. It takes mm -hmm. one guy to get hot. I think the Capitals win this series, Sal. They're plus 110. I just like them as the dog here. Let's ride with them. All right. This may be a homer pick here, Brother Bry, but you're staying in the Mass Mutual. You like oh, the Isles. Oh, it's a homer pick, all right. I'm surprised. I thought Parlay Kid was going to take him, but uh, <laughs> Islander fans, look, I'm taking the Islanders plus 128 against the Penguins. Islanders fans were not happy the way the season ended. Barry Trotz was definitely not happy, it, but it just seemed like the Islanders were kind of waiting for the playoffs to start. Uh, yeah. You know, the way they play their style of hockey and their effort, it's, it's got to be exhausting, like during the regular season. But it's nice, though, right now, right? There's a nice yeah. break. They're, they have a nice break. It's yep. pretty much like six days off, right? Until like, from when they played. So they should be re-energized, ready for the season. Even though they struggled against the Penguins, uh, you know, they always play. Historically, they've been great against the Penguins. Yeah. Yep. You know, Trotz had success, well, a ton of success in the early rounds. We still don't know, like, Malkin's injury. I mean, the assumption is he's playing, but who knows if he's going to play every game. But I just, I I do like them here. Plus 128. I know Mikey Meatballs does still, but I, I hope I'm not jinxing them. Good. Let, no, it, let it happen. Like it. we got to shut Damashek <laughs> hey, up it's, here. It's the best matchup for the Islanders. Uh, you know, oh, the yeah. Bruins, the Bruins and Capitals, you know, they're just, uh, you know, the, the little physical. The Islanders were out physical. The Penguins in the series. Mm -hmm. I, I like this pick, too. All right. Harry, what are you going to go with? I'm going to go with an underdog as well at plus 120. I am going to take the Panthers to win the series over the defending Stanley Cup champ, Tampa Bay Lightning. Panthers have had a great season this year. Um, real hot lately, too, eight and two in the last 10. They've won six in a row. Uh, Tampa comes into the playoffs, loses the last three. Five and three, the Panthers were against Tampa this, uh, this season. Won the last three. And one in that last three outscored him fourteen to four. The goalie Chris Dredger, he's uh, fifth best goals against average in the NHL at two point oh seven. Defensive Mackenzie Weger, uh, thirteen points in the last eight games. And remember, two years ago when Tampa was a big favorite in the playoffs, they got swept in the first round. Um, so uh, give me the Panthers at plus one twenty. I think they're a better team right now than Tampa Bay is. All right, I'm going Canadian hockey here. Edmonton Oilers. First of all, I like them as a long shot, 22 to one to win the cup. I think that's a little bit high, uh, but yeah. just for the series, they've won six out of seven going into the series. Seven and two against the Winnipeg Jets. Six and zero oh in the last six series against Winnipeg. Okay, the last one I think was like 30 years ago, but whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, if you like them for the cup, then they probably play Toronto. 
you know, Maple Leafs and Canadians beat each other up. But just for this series, you got McDavid minus 1100 to win the Hart Trophy right now. Who told you he was going to win the Hart Trophy? Not me. I think I had Austin Matthews. But anyway, he uh, leads the one NHL. Of you guys did. Someone did, right? Uh, part, part I, of the I kid did. might have. Did, did you? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. There I, you go. That, that was an easy one all year long. 104 points, 33 goals, 71 assists. Uh, Harry's favorite, Dry Seidel, second, 83 points, 31 goals, 52 assists. And Barry leads the defenseman with 48 points. Mike Smith, uh, between the pipes, uh, 21, 6 and 2, a 231 goals against. Pretty good. And he has three shutouts in 30 starts. So I think that's the team. Now, I found the bet on Fandle even better mm. than just Edmonton. Let me find this here. I've not heard of this before, Brother Brian, but Edmonton just straight up to win this series is minus 184, a little hefty. Um, you could bet them to win game one and to win the series at plus 125. That's nice, but I also like Edmonton. Ultimately, I'm taking them minus one and a half games at plus 109, so they could win 4-1 or 4-2 or, or sweep, of course. And you'll cash in mm. on the plus 109 right there against Winnipeg. So that's mm. fun. A lot of hockey coming up this weekend. Preakness. I don't even know what's going on with this race. I don't know. The, uh, just <laughs> Has there ever been a, a drug suspension overturned or ignored in, 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 in sports like it is with Medina Spirit? Because uh, Medina Spirit is running in the Preakness. Does anyone like? No, nobody here likes Medina Spirit to win the Preakness, even though he is the favorite, right? Um, what happened here, Harry? You're a horse guy. Well, I mean, honestly, honestly uh, this is insane. I mean, I don't even, I mean, I, I like it. I don't like the horse. I'm actually rooting against the horse. Just it's not obviously the horse's fault, but I'm rooting against <laughs> Baffert. And I'm going to go with Midnight Bourbon uh, at five to one. That horse has been competitive versus top three-year-old Phillies uh, in the past races. Had a terrible start in the Derby. Needs to break well. If it does, it can be there at the end. I'm going to take uh, Midnight Bourbon to finish in the uh, exactos and trifectas and hopefully win the race. All right. You heard it here first. Harry uh, maintains that it's not the horse's fault for testing positive. So I don't, you know, Jim Cunningham. <laughs> it's the Hayes' fault, right? With the responsibility of, of giving out the best and worst point of the day. I want you to keep that in mind. Uh, for both, maybe, Jim. <laughs> so there you go. Brother Brian, you're with me here. I like, I think this is the bigger story, right? If Baffert's other horse in this race, which you get mm. for about three to one odds, Concert Tour is the name, um, won its first three races, then blew it, I think, in the Arkansas Derby or something. Then they yep. kept this horse out of the uh, Kentucky Derby. So the irony is all eyes are on Medina Spirit, and then the other Baffert horse wins, and now he looks like a genius again when both of them go win place and both test negative, right? And he'll be like, no, screw you. I am the best. Say what you want. Uh, I like Concert Tour, written by Hall of Famer Mike Smith. I don't think that's the same Mike Smith, the goaltender for Edmonton, right? Is that a different guy? <laughs> I hope not. Imagine. Mike Smith, good good jockey. Good jockey, though. Good jockey, right? But if they traded yep. places, that would be interesting. They should do that. They should put a goalie with full pads on a horse. And then I'm they should put it. the jockey in, in goal and see um I, I'm who all, does better. Sal, I'm all, I'm the, all for a sports Brian swap. Wrote a sport, Brian sport swap. Yeah. Brian wrote a screenplay about that with like a, a jockey, like really? a Will Ferrell type of character. <laughs> how for, a Will how Ferrell I type of character. Who's like a, a rides a horse and wins. Like he's a great jockey, but he's a big guy. He, but so he's, he's like, in the locker room with yeah. all these small guys. 
<laughs> like that would be that's great. Like Will Ferrell plays the jockey. Tell me that's not great. I love it. Let's do it, yeah. Mike. Smith. All right, trade him out. Brian uh, Brian wrote the uh, screenplay for it. We're gonna have to see that. Well, I probably got like three sentences in, and then I need like Joel to finish it for me. This is like a long time ago. Brian, do uh, me a favor. Post your screenplay underneath your extra points pick tomorrow, and then uh, so people can read it. And maybe you'll re people might read it then. There you yeah. go. Uh, uh, but Brian, Jesus. you like uh, you also like concert tour, right? Yeah, I, I like concert tour, but please don't listen to me. I'm like Owen sixty. <laughs> I swear to God, I am like Owen sixty in main races. I don't. I honestly don't think I've ever ever won a main race. Um, it's more likely I've said. Oh that no! My, my it's more likely my horse will get shot out of the gate. Um, <laughs> but it does it, it does seem. It does seem likely, though. I, I agree with you, Sal, that that kind of seems the story, right? It feels like I feel like Baffert's still in the news for three or four weeks after this race until the Belmont Stakes. Mm. I just get the sense, yeah, like somehow Medina Spirit will throw the race to Concert Tour. They'll be neck and neck. Concert Tour will end up winning. Uh, and then, you know, this negative press will kind of go away as Concert right. Tour, take, you know, takes it from Medina Spirit. But uh, but again, if I'm on Concert Tour, please do not be on Concert Tour. <laughs> Well, and also concert tour. There hasn't been a concert tour in like two years. The irony that it's so much. Um, Parley kid, you like another horse. I don't know. And concert tour is like around three or four to one odds. What's what's your horse? Crowded trade? I like crowded trade at 10 to one. Sal, a lot of times uh, I've, I've just, just dismissed the horse and let's basically mm -hmm. bet the jockey here. Javier Castellano. Hall of Famer like your uh, jockey there with Mike Smith. Right. Guy's got over 5,300 career wins. Uh, he's only won one Preakness uh, back in 2006. He's due. This horse is the four horse. I I, go, I think that's a good number coming out of the gate there. Mm -hmm. Kind of, uh, you know, not too close to the rail, but, um, you know, in a good spot. So let's go with the four horse. Crowded trade with Javier Castellano. One of the greats, uh, great jockeys of all time. There you to go. To win here at ten to one. All right, I think we have a winner amongst us, right? In those three uh, horses, I think we. I think. Well, we're hopefully, win. hopefully, there's only ten. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. We have a thirty percent chance. We're, we're going to blow this somehow. Uh, what else do we have to cover? There's nothing really NBA, right? The Friday games stink. Well, every one of them. But let's just go to Sharp Tank. You guys were two and one oh. the other day. Harry lost. I went with Darren's pick. I, I, Nerland's yeah. Noel, right? Under five and a half. That was a very exciting Bam. Man, that was exciting. Forever. Oh, ho, ho. But, uh, that was a good one. After a the one. excitement of the our race to 10 bet, and then Nerland's Noel has four, I don't Crazy. know, a few minutes in. And then he's just, mm. uh, every shot, every missed dunk, everything was great. But anyway, all right, lead us off, Parley Kid. You might have the hot the hot. Well, that's crazy right. because Noel today had four points in the first two minutes. He ended up with six. Wow. So he would have went over. <laughs> and what's even better is the Knicks won and Harry did not cover. Uh, yeah. So it's got, even got, better. Got uh, they won. Got hooked. Oh, baby. Harry, uh, you could East buy the Coast. half a point here, but you know what? He gave his pick in the in the pitch dark, so maybe no one uh, even noticed. <laughs> East Boy. Coast Harry is struggling. Barely can keep himself awake. It's, and Darren it really loves isn't. it. Darren loves it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. East Coast <laughs> Harry, so let me just say, East Coast Harry predicted a big game out of Russell Wilson for the Wizards yesterday. And that <laughs> right, there we go. Either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hold He's, He's totally was, out of it. <laughs> these games start too late on the East Coast. It's East Coast sucks. <laughs> all right, you got to adjust, man. What time are you waking up? It's not like you're waking up at five. I don't know. I'm all messed up. 
I got, uh, you know, I don't know. All right, Farley Uh, Kid, hit us with uh, that. Well, you know, Sal, this is, um, I'm sticking with the UFC. I'm going with the uh, undercard fight here. Uh, And I'm just going to go with this. His name is Mike Grundy over Lando Venata. Uh, Grundy, good wrestler, minus 128. I was looking at taking him to win here by decision, but I've been burned on that lately. Uh, so let's just take him to win at minus 128. Grundy over Venata uh, on Saturday night will be early, so I'll get it out of the way uh, during that. It won't be early right for Harry. So. It'll be about uh, 8:30. Oh, yeah, that's not Lord, too early. There, there is no Grundy. way Harry's staying up. We've no bet Grundy after. before, right? I feel like we've bet Grundy before. <laughs> I think so. All right. Uh, uh, brother, actually, Harry, you jump in. I don't want yeah. you to uh, doze off here. So go ahead. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to take on Monday, game one. Uh, Monday? Panther. Yeah. Is that okay? I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was just okay? trying to do the math. Yeah, right. sure. Yeah, do it. I'm going to take the Panthers minus 190 in game one oh. of the series against Nashville. Uh, Darren, I'm sorry. I'm taking a 190 here. I know you're probably going to rip me about it. But look, the, the Panthers have the number one goalie in the NHL in goals against, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, Alex Neta Jovovic. Uh, 1.90. Like I said, <laughs> goals against average, best in the NHL. Um, first, they finished first in the Central, uh, gave up the least points in the Central, and 23 <laughs> and 5 at home, 6 and 2. Versus Clay's Nashville Predators, Panthers in game one, minus 190. Jim, I can't tell if he's disappeared or he's trying to make a video here. His box is completely by. Okay, Wait. now he's back. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Well, Harry's given the wrong team, isn't he? Yeah, the, the Panthers don't even play Nashville. <laughs> oh, this is they good. play the Lightning, and you just took the Panthers <laughs> over the Lightning. Panthers. Wow. No, I took. Uh, I did. You ju- yeah. Yeah. The hurricane. Right. See, yeah, I told you, you this was. You, I'm, I'm, uh, you want, you want, guys, you want, you want the hur- you know, He got the goalie's the name right, but he can't get you, the team. You go right. with the hurricanes. hurricanes. Hurricanes over Nashville. Hurricanes, right? Oh, this See, is. Darren, oh my nightmare! Gosh. I told you, I told you, he is Farley totally kid. out of it. The good news is he has till Monday to figure it out. <laughs> right it's, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday but is it even? Who even knows? Is it Monday? It could be Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's, wor- what's worse? <laughs> you'd think it'd be worse for me, but it's uh, or better for me at the time here, but it's not. Why would anyone think anything's better for you? All right, whatever. Know, right. So it's either the Panthers or the Hurricanes. Hurricanes. We have till not uh, Monday to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's no way I'm going with that now. That was a disaster. <laughs> Brian, Brian, help us out here. Uh, I'm going. Um, I'm going UFC too. Um, I'm going to take Charles Oliveira over Michael Chandler. Like super, yeah, like su- it. Super excited for this fight. Both guys really exciting fighters. I just think Oliveira does. He's the more well-rounded fighter. He does a lot more. He's been pretty much perfect his last eight fights. So many ways he can win. His submission game is ridiculous. His striking game has gotten really good. I mean, we remember. I mean, both guys had great fights the last time. I mean, Oliveira looked. Phenomenal against Ferguson. Chandler looked phenomenal in, in a shorter period of time against Hooker. I just think, uh, to me, I think Oliveira is the you know the the next champ in this division. He's pretty dominant, and and again, uh, there's some stuff he does. Just he's so well rounded. I think he's the type of next generation fighter that we've seen in these weight weight classes. Mm. So I I like him at uh, 
It's like minus 136, I believe. All right, I'm going to go with you there, brother. Brian. I went with Partly Kid earlier in the week. Harry uh, is not unsure of which team he's taking, so I can't <laughs> I can't abide by that. Olivera oh, minus 136, <laughs> UFC. There you go. Well, Jim Cunningham, uh, give us uh, your extra point, good point, bad point of the night. Who made the best <laughs> point? Who, Boy, you have a – I hope you were taking copious notes because you have a lot to choose from. Today. <laughs> well, I like the the best point would come from uh, Mark Schlereth talking about offensive linemen. Yeah, that was great. Athleticism and comparing everything. I thought that was really good. And then a bad point. I'm going to believe it or not. I'm going to have to go with Harry. No, um, (laughs) in picking the Predators to win the Lightning Panthers matchup. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the hell he did. I think Harry needs to be struck by lightning, actually, to come alive a little bit. I mean, that would help. All right, Harry, what's on the docket here? You're at AAO, Harry. Yes, Schlereth, by the way, was great. That 10, I had never heard that explained about, like, the athlete, yeah. and you're the worst athlete, and you get shit I, on if you I, lose a matchup. Like, that. that's how, amazing. How, how great was that, considering we went from a, a lawn. Somehow that's exactly we got, right. We got from his mowing his lawn or, or Shaping his lawn to somehow into offense. I know how we got it because he talks about like he likes doing work and as a lineman he does work and he likes building things <laughs> and he likes breaking things down and that's how we got it to the talk. But yeah, it was great. Right, I was thinking that, the same thing. Was, I was laughing. I, too. I, I was going to say something, but I was like, fuck, I don't want Shalera to be like pissed off at me right away to make a joke about this. <laughs> yeah, you saw that lawn. lateral drop. No one wants to be on the receiving end of that. That guy spent the night in the, in the hospital. Uh, poor bass. All right, Harry. Um, at AAO, Harry. You're partying too much with your brother. You know, when you guys get together, it's like carousing, looking for women. It's always the same thing with you. You got to pay yourself. Always the same. Yeah. Can we always get a same. quick shot of Scott right now? His brother? Uh, yeah, uh, but pull sure. that. Oh, oh, I see. A real shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down a little bit. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful specimen that is. Look, he's staying in his clothes. He's got the filthiest knees in the world. What did Down he say, six- Harry? Down since me and Ken have given him money nonstop. He's down six. Well, he brought some money, but with the money we've given him, he's down sixteen hundred in video what? poker in a, in a day and a half. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ken's given him like a thousand. I've given him like six hundred. Oh my God! I don't believe you gave him six hundred dollars. Oh, I don't oh, believe me. It's you did? happened. I, yep. you know, he works. Um, he works picking onions, and he's got the filthiest knees I've ever seen. He's like, there's just no point in washing them. Yeah, it's like when <laughs> it's like when people like smoke for thirty years. It's like, yeah, yeah my, I have yellow teeth. Look at those freaking knees. We got to put that on there. Yeah. I mean, my God. Oh, doesn't oh. that just rot away eventually? You're at AA O'Harry. What's on the? What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, uh, leaving, uh, the turning stone casino here in upstate New York, going back <laughs> down to New Jersey, going to the Jersey shore, um, for the weekend. And then on Tuesday night, be in Long Island partying with, uh, nice. Darren, Brian, and the rest of the Zicoli family. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's when yeah. your, uh, sharp tank pick comes out Tuesday night, right? All right. Uh, Brian, you're at the brother, Brian. At the brother Bry, yeah, I'm looking for it. Well, again, yeah, uh, we'll be on. Uh, yeah, that'll be after our next podcast, anyway, Harry. By the time by the time yeah. we see you, so I'm excited got, for all that. We got time to talk about that, but uh, yeah, we've had a couple nice pictures between Harry and Scott. I mean, actually, <laughs> we should really be pulling up Harry too. That that belly of his and that sh- that photo. Yeah, that what Ken was that? Today. I put it on Woo! Twitter already. Did Wait, you put it on oh. Twitter? It's out there. Oh. I put it on Twitter. Of what, the golf. And- uh, yeah. With, yes. And uh, people, cool. the golf names are rolling in. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They're starting to roll in a Did little bit. Did we ever bit. do golf we, names? We didn't do it. 
we must it's, have done they, some. We get some good ones there. You guys you know, suck. Uh, Rory Flabatini, <laughs> uh, heavy Ballesteros, uh, John, John Ham, a uh, Ham, uh, yeah. you know John yeah, Ham. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so, so Gory McElroy, Tiger's Milk, nine holes today. I did get two legit pars, but in the sports book here. I haven't hit a bet yet. People are <laughs> no. disgusted. Here's the one thing on Twitter right now. People are disgusted <laughs> by the way you're dressing on a golf course. They they really are disgusted. Sweat it's a country hick golf and, course. Trust and a me. weed and a weed <laughs> t-shirt, which we banned. We banned you from hey, wearing weed t-shirts. I've had four people like either, today. Right? Four people today stop me and say my shirt looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was your, your brother every single time. What, uh, Jim? Jim, you have some names here. What do you? What you came up with? Yeah, I had some that that first time we hung out. Um, Chess pain, Stewart. Good, good. Ugly <laughs> um, <Lee> Trevino. <laughs> <laughs> it gets yeah. a Jim, you're enjoying this too much. You're laughing. It doesn't happen often. I, I'm proud of those two. Ugly. Oh, those are good. <laughs> good. All right, keep them in. Uh, yeah, rolling in oh, at extra man. points pod or uh, yeah, you'll find us any way you want to. Oh, uh, <laughs> at the chalk talker, you're collecting these two, uh, part like kid, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, yeah, at the chalk talker cell. Um, wow, just wow, it's a sports heavy uh, weekend. Yeah, we're getting week to a good part week, here, right? Yeah, we're getting to a good good. <laughs> wow, spot this is fantastic. Oh, we. We also have uh, WNBA starting tomorrow, so I got to start. Oh, bet, Brian could maybe make some money back. You actually Ooh, have yeah. a chance of winning uh, some, here, some individual. Yeah, we got uh, four games on tomorrow night. So All right. Look forward yeah. to uh, Tuesday morning, a, uh, a bet ache with a WNBA team. Those are extra funny. That's really yeah. funny when Brian puts it out <laughs> that way. Uh, all right. So, Jim Cunningham, we got your best and worst points there. The eyes are ones, right? Guys are ones. Um, Patrick Reed, uh, Greg <laughs> Norman, Greg Norman Schwartzoff, Greg Norman Schwartzoff. It's eleven o'clock here on the on the East Coast. I'm I'm going to bed. Okay, <laughs> hasn't gotten a BJ sing ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And Michael uh, Sicoli is on minus three. Yes, talking hockey with uh, uh, Eddie Spaghetti. Great. And uh, yes, let's let's have those Penguins and Bruins go down. That'll be a lot of fun. That'll be fun. Let's oh go. my god, let's go. Damashek did an hour and forty minute podcast on how, and I listened to every word about how Mario Lemieux <laughs> was robbed in the '89 uh, Hart Trophy. He's probably right about that. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But an hour and a half. <laughs> good lord. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought, Michael, you would have thought like. Uh, like Gretzky was like a third winger on the on the Sabers or something like a, a third line, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It was, it was crazy how they killed him. They killed yeah, him. I actually I didn't go back to listen to it because it, it sounded too long. So <laughs> I was uh, I wasn't gonna listen yeah, to that. It's probably, it sounded too long because it was too long. But no, they did. All right, Harry has gotten up, so uh, I'll, I will say goodbye now. At the cousin Sal, I want to thank Mark Schlereth, the degenerate trifecta. That does it for another episode of Against All Odds. Tune in next week, and until then, happy handicapping. Na, na, na.